Welcome to the Better Business, Better Life podcast. Terry DuPont is the founder of DuPont Advisory Group, a group dedicated to providing comprehensive services to successful business owners, medical, and other professionals. Terry has top-of-the-table status in the prestigious International Million Dollar Roundtable, placing him among the top one-tenth of 1% of all professional financial advisors in the world. Terry's philosophy is, I've learned that I grow and prosper more by focusing on the success of others rather than fretting over my own. Terry is a certified financial professional with the Institute of Financial Wellness, an advisor for the power of zero taxes in retirement, chartered retirement plans specialist, certified wealth preservation planner, and certified philanthropic developer. On the podcast, Terry brings together experts in their field who have succeeded in building their business to share their secrets with you. And now, here's your host, Terry DuPont. Welcome, everyone, to Legacy Leaders Podcast. I am your guest host, Terry DuPont, and today our guest is a state planning attorney, Hamid Dakrob. Did I pronounce that right? Hamid Dakrub. Dakrub, okay. Close enough, close enough. Okay, well, it's great to have you on the show, Hamid, um, and we want to thank you so much for joining us today. So I was wondering if you could uh, you know, tell our uh, listeners uh, and the ones that are actually viewing it as well, um, what what made you or what compelled you, what motivated you to go to law school? Well, first, Terry, thank you so much for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. And to legacy leaders as well, too. So it's an honor to be here. Um, so what motivated me to get into the field of law is I hate medicine. So I had no other choice. No, I'm just kidding. So although that was a part of the factor, it was one of those things where uh, what I liked about law was it's a profession that allows you opportunities to do other things as well. So like if I were to become, let's just say, you know, a pharmacist, right? I mean, I can become a business owner and things like that, but, you know, I'm stuck being a pharmacist versus like when I'm an attorney, there's a lot of things that I can do and a lot of doors that can open up as a result, right? And um, not to take anything away from any other professions, that was what intrigued me personally was the opportunities that the field um, allowed me to have and the doors that it opened for me. Excellent, excellent. Um, so why did you choose estate planning uh, out of any other area of law? So so I do want to backtrack one. I have one little story regarding like why I chose it, but also at the same time, you know, another aspect to add into why I wanted to become an attorney as well, too, and particularly the field of estate planning. Um, so my grandfather, uh, who I was named after, uh, was actually the senator of Lebanon, um, you know, the country, you know, my parents are from and were, were, were from, even though I was born here, my nationality. And uh, he was senator for 20 years. But before he became a senator, one of the things that he was doing was to try to become an attorney. So he went to law school, but he couldn't afford to finish um, his last semester because he didn't. Um, the grants that were coming in to pay for his schooling stopped at that point in time. So it was almost like a dream of his to have somebody, you know, from his descendants continue to, um, you know, embark on that journey and to accomplish that goal. And um, so that was one of the reasons why I, of course, I definitely had in mind this extra motivation in going into law. Um, but the particular field of estate planning and probate, so those are the two areas I specialize in. I don't deal with anything else, is that it's a very sensitive type of environment 
uh, regarding the clients that you're dealing with and the subject matter as well, too. I mean, you're talking about, you know, death, disability, um, incapacity. Uh, you're talking about some of the most sensitive uh, personal issues um, that people deal with on a daily basis. And so to me, it was like, how can I help make an impact um, in the community with those who deal with a lot of sensitivities that want somebody that they can trust for their trust, you know what I mean, to go um, to deal with. And also at the same time, when going through something difficult, like somebody's disability or death, somebody who's going to be there along the way, that's going to handle the things for them that they don't want to deal with at the time of their emotional um, struggle in a sense, right? And so this is something that I told, I told myself, I was like, my job is to make sure that first and foremost, I treat every client, you know, like a client and not like a number. And everybody is going through a certain situation, whether it's estate planning or whether it's probate on the latter portions of things where people maybe may have not properly prepared and their family members have to go through the court process. They're already grieving. And so they don't need to deal with all the extra stuff that comes with it. And that's where I come in and say, look, I know you guys are going through a difficult time, but allow me the opportunity to make this a, at least a little bit easier on you. And then that's also from the planning perspective and also from the administration perspective. Okay. And, th and this next question kind of fits in with that, but maybe you could elaborate a little more. Sure. And when it comes to estate planning, what does that really mean to you, um, you know, deep down? Absolutely. It's, it's legacy, you know, um, it, it, it's legacy. It's to ensure that you have the right people in place making decisions for yourself, for your family, and what you've worked so hard for is protected in the standpoint of not having um, any outside interference and making sure that your wishes are adhered to. Because without proper planning, um, there are a lot of dynamics that can occur as a result. And so the goal in mind is not to just tell the client, hey, you need a trust or, hey, you need a ladybird deed or, hey, you need some powers of attorney. The idea really is to customize a plan for the client's needs that's really involved with what they're looking for. And as the practitioner is to make sure that we take care of everything in order to accomplish those needs by setting up plans that essentially work in conjunction with the wishes of the grantors and the wishes of the clients in order to make sure that their best interests are kept in mind. Excellent. Excellent. Um, I noticed from your uh, um, LinkedIn bio uh, that you worked for a firm or two, you even worked for a medical practice at one time, it appears. Right, uh, right, that's right. pretty interesting. But um, what motivated you to start your own firm as compared to, you know, practicing uh, with a larger firm? That's a great question. Going, um, leaving law school or after graduation, you know, I like the opportunities of the corporate world. Um, I have a background in business. My bachelor's is in business. And one of my internships was at General Dynamics. And so I, I, I really enjoy the corporate environment. And so when I went off, oh, sorry, when I graduated law school um, and I worked at a healthcare organization, um, for about a year and a couple of months, I decided, you know what, 
I'm more of a transactional type of attorney who really likes dealing with people personally and who's um, who likes to get to know people on a very, uh, you know, uh, friendly level. I, I don't do any litigation. Um, so what I like to do is make sure that people feel comfortable, um, especially when it comes to certain subjects that may be sensitive to discuss. And mm -hmm. so I found that that's what I enjoy doing. And that's what I enjoy talking about. And that's what I enjoyed helping. So I decided to go off on my own because in the corporate environment, you're not really working with clients on a day-to-day -day basis, right? Mm -hmm. uh, your client is the corporation and, um, you know, it's it's not meeting new people all the time and, and getting to know them on a personal level and um, allowing them to feel comfortable enough that uh, they're willing to share information. Um, that they need to share in order to accomplish what they're looking to do. So I decided to get into estate planning and probate. You know, those two areas work hand in hand. Without proper estate planning, you end up in probate court. But that's okay because I can help go through that process and at least make things a little bit easier on you. The goal in mind is to make sure that I make things easier. I mean, at the end of the day, after almost every single signing conference for estate planning, you know, my clients always tell me, you know what? I have that peace of mind. Like, thank you for giving me, I feel so much better now. I've been wanting to do this forever. You know what I mean? It's, it's always like the same things. And, and I take pride in that because if I'm able to help alleviate you or, or, or take one worry away from you, um, you know, that's, that's all I can ask for. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, in that kind of same vein, um, who would you say is your ideal client? That's a great question. I think any anybody can be an ideal client from, you know, somebody with significant assets to somebody um, who has, um, you know, 401k, an IRA, a life insurance policy, a bank account, a house, minor children, um, businesses, anybody can be an ideal client. And so it's it's all about making sure to tailor the plan to the client's needs. Now, not every client might need a trust, right? Some mm -hmm. clients can get away with doing other types of plans depending on their situation. So the, the, the goal in mind is to ensure that I listen to everybody's goals and their wishes and what they'd like to accomplish and to build a plan that focuses on those needs um, by making sure that those wishes are, of course, you know, adhered to. How, how do you, um, how do you, how do you and your clients find each other? Oh, that's, that's, that's also another great question. So there's a lot of things that I do from a marketing perspective. First and foremost, of course, word of mouth over the years. I mean, I've been an attorney nine years now. I've been in practicing estate planning and probate for seven, you know what I mean? On my own. And um, so word of mouth spreads over time. So that's an aspect of it. Another aspect of it is of course, meeting other professionals, right? Um, and professionals who are called connectors, essentially people who will connect you with the clients that you're looking for, whether it's for me, it's other attorneys, it's financial advisors, it's accountants, CPAs, it's insurance agents, whether it's real estate agents, I mean, um, title companies. So all of these individuals are connectors. And so uh, getting to know them, right? And seeing how we can help each other is another aspect. Uh, another way that I do it is, um, you know, I go on, you know, certain talk shows, uh, radio, um, you know, I try to be in the community at different events. 
and uh, social media as well, too. So it's kind of like an array of things, you know what I mean? So it's uh, that array of things allow, um, you know, the client to make the decision that's, you know, hopefully pointing them in my direction. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Um, and some of the some of the things we've discussed so far is kind of at a higher level, but maybe if I drill down a little bit, um, what are some of the common issues that you might uh, help with on a regular basis? Yeah, so that, um, so one of them, the most important issue that I deal with is the challenge of people prioritizing estate planning because it's an extremely procrastinated subject. <laughs> not, not because they intend to do that, but it's actually they unintend to do that because what happens here, they get so busy with everything else that it's like, I'll just deal with it tomorrow. I'll deal with it next year. I'm about to buy a property. I'll wait late. When I have a child, I'll deal with it afterwards. Or, you know, I'm about to get married. I'll wait a little bit. But what they don't realize is we can plan for all that. Yeah. You know, I can plan for future children. I can plan for what happens if you get married. I can plan for the type of assets that you're going to own or acquire or what you're looking to do. So um, just the idea of procrastination surrounding estate planning is where I would tell you is, you know, one of the challenges. And another challenge um, is the idea that people think a will is enough. Yeah, They don't realize your family members, at least in the state of Michigan, you know, would have to go to probate court with a will. And so having a will alone is not enough because once they go through probate court, they have to take the will to get it probated. There's attorney fees and costs, filing fees, court taking a percentage in the form of an inventory fee. Everything becomes public information. And when there's minor children involved, it becomes way more time consuming and way more expensive. So the ideal situation as an alternative is to set up a trust or another type of plan that helps avoid that process. So people come in with the idea of, I want to do a will. And then they leave with the concept of, why do people do wills to begin with? Now, I make the argument that at least having a will is better than not having anything in place, right? Because then you're leaving it up to the state law and the state legislator to determine who makes or determine who makes the decisions regarding your estate, who's going to take care of your children and, and you know, make um, distribution decisions as well too. But at least having something is better than nothing. But is there something better than the will? Absolutely. And so that's kind of another challenge. And, and you bring up something that got me to thinking too. It's like, you know, I, I've been in my business for 44 years and, and I'm always, you know, suggesting and promoting that my clients get their estate planning done. And you know, like I said, they don't, I say, did you dig it? Did you call the, yeah. you call somebody? No, I haven't got that done. You're yeah. off. But, you know, what they don't realize is I think the will, they think maybe a trust possibly. Um, but what they don't realize in most cases I found is that those are not the two most important documents they probably can put in place. And I'm referring to the durable power of attorney and the power of attorney because they're probably going to need those before Absolutely. they need to the build or trust. Absolutely. So, yeah. so what I like to do is um, talk about the whole package with my clients and I tell them the importance because some people are like, well, what do I need a power of attorney for? You know, I'm, I'm married. I have kids. They'll just make my decisions for me. What they don't realize is, you know, medical institutions, hospitals, facilities, without a valid power of attorney, they have the absolute right to tell you to go to court and get guardianship. Mm -hmm. If you want to pay 
for guardianship and go through that whole process or a minimal cost of some powers of attorney, right? As compared to the cost of guardianship or conservatorship. And I always tell people they play different roles. I mean, your will or your trust, essentially, generally speaking, kick in at the time of your passing. But if you're alive and you can't make a decision, that's where your powers of attorney come in. So you need to kind of have those in place to sort of, you know, balance each other out in the sense, right? And so this is why it's very important um, to make sure that uh, you have those powers of attorney. I've seen countless plans that have been brought to me and, you know, clients want them reviewed or they want them updated. And, and when I take a look at it, for example, like a trust plan will be missing the pour over will. And, and, you know, for those who don't know what a pour over will, it says, you know, one of the common misconceptions about a trust is once I do a trust and I sign off, everything becomes automatically under the trust. Well, you have to fund the trust, right? You got to go to the bank. You have to provide them with a certificate of trust. And like, for example, put the trust as the beneficiary of the account. So that way it goes into this trust pile, for example, right? To make sure you do a special kind of deed that allows the property to go into the trust you know, upon your passing. So that's, it's part of this, this whole trust umbrella. So when people forget to do that, or they don't do that, or the, maybe somebody didn't advise them to do that, right. Or they, or they get caught up and they just, you know, put it on the back burner in a sense. What happens here is that asset has to not go through probate. The trust is not going to be enough. You need that pour over will to pour it back into the trust. Right. And then a lot of plans are also missing powers of attorney. And so I say, you know, you need to do that that you, where's that healthcare financial power of attorney? Oh, you know, we, we didn't do it or we didn't feel the need to get one. Oh no, those are very important documents to do. Right. So those are all things that, you know, of course we definitely deal with as an attorney, as an estate planning or probate attorney, you know, my job is to issue spot, right? That's what we learn in law school. You know, we learn to spot issues. So, you know, you come in to me, Terry, and you say, come into the office and you're like, Hey, um, I want to, for example, you know, um, take care of my grandchildren and I want to provide this to this particular person. And I want to, you know, uh, I have a business and these are my goals that I have in mind. And after I listen to your goals, I say, okay, well, this is what we need to do in order to accomplish these things. Right. And so my job is to say, well, okay, you own a property, right? What kind of property is it? Oh, you know, I, I have, you know, tenants. Well, is it in an LLC? Oh no, it's in my individual name. Is it paid off? Yeah. Do you have good insurance? Do you have an umbrella policy? Um, even though I don't benefit from an insurance or, or insurance policy or anything like that, you know, it's definitely something that my, you know, my brain is wired to say, all right, Terry, these are the issues that we need to resolve or not issues necessarily. It's just more of, Hey, these are the points that we need to address in order to make sure that we got everything in order properly. Excellent. Excellent. Um, what are some of the misconceptions, um, that you find people have? Uh, and you may have touched on one or two of them already, but sure. uh, some of the major misconceptions uh, people might have when it comes to uh, planning their estate and their legacy and, and, and so forth. The biggest one is, do I need to be rich or have a lot of assets in order to do a trust or in order to do an estate plan? The answer is no. I always thought, do you have a house? Yes. Well, you need an estate plan. Do you have minor children? Yes, you definitely need an estate plan, right? You definitely need a trust in that perspective. So um, it's not, it's a big myth that in order to do a trust or, or in order to have a trust or make sense to, you know, uh, have a trust done for you that you need um, to be like rich in a sense, or you need to have a lot of money or a lot of assets. And it's actually not true. So that, that I think is the biggest misconception. The idea is to educate, you know, the audience and let them know that that's actually far from the truth. It's, right. it's complete opposite. Excellent. Excellent. Could you, um, 
share a story. Now, I'm sure that's not happened to any one of your clients because you do a good job. But could you see a share a story of something you've seen where it all went wrong? Oh, yes, quite a bit. So one of the biggest ones that I, I, I actually deal with that I have to advise clients is when people put beneficiaries on their accounts, whether it's life insurance policy, 401k, an IRA, bank account, when they have minor children and they list minor children as beneficiaries, that's going to be a big mess in probate court because minor children are deemed illegally incapacitated just by the way that they're minor children, right? They, that, that's, that they cannot handle their own assets. So what you would rather do if you had like a bank account, for example, is list a trust as the beneficiary of that account. So that way, the trustee that you nominated as your successor has the ability to make those decisions on behalf of those minor children, for example, right? So that, I think, is one of the biggest issues that I see that happen all the time. People are like, well, do I need to do a trust? I mean, I just put my kids as beneficiaries of my accounts. I have an IRA, a 401k, and I have a life insurance policy and you know, a bank account. You know, Do I really need an estate plan? Well, the answer is, of course you do, because... If you have minor children and you leave them as beneficiaries, that's going to cause a big problem. So we always have to kind of deal with that because I get clients all the time say, oh, I just, you know, I have a life insurance policy. I just put, you know, my spouse as the primary and put my children as the secondary. I mean, look, it's not a bad idea. You're on the right track, but there is a definitely a better way to do things. Yes, I agree. hundred um, percent. Now that's the, the negative stuff, but. Can you share a story or an experience uh, or an event um, that where everything went right? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's there's been a situation to where just recently, actually, a, a client came to me and she's like, look, actually, literally two recent situations where uh, the first one client came to me. She's like, I spoke to other attorneys. You know, they just were they weren't confident in the ability to be able to help. They they felt like I had too much going on. And, and it was just one of those things where we just want somebody that knows what they're doing. We just want to get this taken care of. You know, I have, you know, some health issues and I want to make sure I have my affairs in order. I said, absolutely. I said, look, this is, let me, let me know your goals. Let me understand, you know, your situation a little bit. I asked a few questions. We went back and forth. I said, look, I'll, I do this in my sleep. This is all that I do. Right. And so um, told her this is the plan that I had for her. This is what we were going to do. And this is how we're going to get it done. And this is how long it's going to take. And then she's like, okay, great. And she looked at me and she goes, wow, I actually like, like the confidence, not from a perspective of, I think I'm like the best. No, it has nothing to do with it. It's more towards, okay, I understand your goals and mine. These are, you know, the points that we have to address. And this is how we're going to address them. And this is what we're going to do to accomplish them. And this is what it's going to take. And we're going to get it done. And she felt a lot, a lot more comfortable, you know, throughout the process. It was very smooth, you know, thank God, you know, and, um, you know, afterwards, you know, when she signed everything and, you know, we finished with it, you know, she, she just appreciated the fact that I was able to handle it, you know, without, you know, any issues along the way. And I actually just dealt with another situation right now where a client just left my office like a couple of days ago. And um, he said he dealt with other attorneys in the past that he was led to and, um, you know, his situation was a little bit more complicated from the standpoint of, 
you know, what he had going on and like a previous history and, and, and with him and his spouse right now. And they were just trying to make sure that their kids were taken care of. And he said, you know, somebody gave me the runaround here and whatnot. And, you know, what can you do? And I said, Hey, look, this is the plan. This is what I feel we can do. You have a few options. You're in a unique circumstance. Which are you comfortable with? This is what I advise. And so he liked the fact that we were giving him concrete answers and I was able to make sure to address the situation that he was dealing with and accomplish it in a very efficient manner. And he was very thankful as well, too. So just like the idea of just understanding people's goals in mind and making sure to do things to accomplish them. But a lot of it is in the standpoint also of um, probate. So sometimes I'll get probate issues to where people don't realize that if you're 55 years and older and you're on Medicaid and you're receiving long-term care benefits, the government has the right to put a lien on your property if something were to happen to you, right? Proper planning helps avoid these situations. So a lot of people, they hear me talk about that, right? And they say, okay, well, you know, we heard you talk about this and what can we do to help to make sure I'm on Medicaid, for example, I'm not receiving long-term care benefits, but what if I might in the future and I'm able to address situations, but sometimes it it's on the reverse end of things where it's already too late to address it, right? The family members, you know, the family member passed away, they had a house or he or she had a house and now probate court's involved and all of a sudden Medicaid is knocking on their door saying, hey, you know, we provided you these services during, you know, the deceased lifetime and uh, we now want a piece of that house. And so they come to me and say, hey, what can we do? And um, it's, it's difficult because they don't negotiate right? But there are exceptions to the rules. And so as an attorney, my job is to make sure I'm educated on those exceptions in order to make sure that I'm able to provide solid advice to say, hey, this is what we can do here. Like, you know, don't give up hope. I mean, there was a situation to where somebody owed, I think, over $100,000 to Medicaid. The family members came to me. That was the only asset that was in the deceased name. And um, it was about to get taken away in a sense. And so, Luckily, there was an exception to the rule and their unique circumstance that worked out in their favor. Had I not known that, you know, and and reported that to Medicaid, because they're not going to tell you, hey, this is in your situation. This is what, you know, you have to kind of figure that out on your own. Um, and, you know, was able to save that house and had to go to the family. And the family was extremely thankful for that. So, I mean, sometimes it's just, you know, knowing what's going on, understanding the goals, figuring things out to make sure you at least give some sort of peace of mind to your clients. Excellent, excellent. Um, this next question is kind of a little difficult for me because I, I, I'm i uh, 66 and I've been doing what I've been doing for 44 years. So everybody's young to me, I think, you know. So, but, and so you're it's a young the number. It's just a number, Terry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But relatively, you're a young man. And so uh, in your in your career so far, what have you found to be your biggest challenge? Um, You actually kind of hit the nail on the head here. So me being young, people always when when they hear about, you know, let's say hear about me, they set up an appointment, they come into the office. And one of the first things they say, you know, quite a bit is, oh, how long have you been doing this for? <laughs> you seem like you're very young compared to the guy that I heard on the radio, for example, or, you know, um, you know, people recommended you and I didn't realize you were this young for estate planning. You always have this like, uh, you know, mental perception that somebody is sitting behind, you know, a desk with, you know, um, 
the you know the glasses and they've been doing it for 40 years and you know like you, you just have this impression because of the movies and what you see in, in in shows and you know and and i'm just a young guy who deals with like estate planning and probate and people don't you know they don't like associate those two together which i mean i'm like you, you got to be young to get old you know what i mean <laughs> to get old yeah. it's part of the process i can't just skip it you know what i mean <laughs> there, there's a couple things there that i think most people are unaware of number one is uh even though you're maybe younger than a lot of other estate attorneys, you're more likely to be around to settle their help settle their estate where the older guys aren't, right? Number one. Right. Correct. And number two, you can have nine, 10 years uh, of being an attorney and have a heck of a lot more experience than somebody who's been doing it for 30 years. You know what, Terry? <laughs> you actually made a great point because once I, when I went off on my own, and once I was getting into the depths of the area and the practices and, and trying to educate myself. And so what I did was I took like a year hiatus to where when I decided to go off on my own, I didn't want to just put up shop right away and say, hey, guys, I'm open for business. This is what I do. I actually wanted to make sure that I understood the concept. I understood the process, the procedures. I, I, I didn't want to give the client like false hope and say, yeah, don't worry, I'll take care of it later on, dig into it and figure out that, oh my God, I don't know what I'm doing here. So I wanted to kind of get the right experience first before I, I, I did anything. And one of the things that I was doing, I was, you know, taking courses, of course, and, and CLEs and everything that's involved there. And um, once I realized, um, you know, what, what it's going to take, I actually tried to look for mentors and, and I found somebody and I, and I went to meet with him. And he's somebody that was doing estate planning exactly like you said for 30 years. And then I started bringing up some concepts and some ideas. And he said, whoa, 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 son, whoa, son. He said, your clients aren't going to need to know any of that stuff. I don't, I've never dealt with any of that stuff. And I just thought to myself, I said, okay, you know, of course, you know, why should I pigeonhole myself or my clients to just a particular um class of individuals that I should be providing services to you know what I mean I I felt like you know what as an estate planning attorney I'd be doing a disservice if I didn't understand how to handle the cases from start to finish and if it's something that I don't particularly handle at least have the resources to point them in the right direction you know what I mean because I'll be the first to tell you hey it's not my specific area this is who I recommend to help you here um so that was something that was eye-opening as well, too, because I was just bringing up some concept that I just learned. So I'm like, wait a minute, I just learned this. And if you don't even realize, usually he didn't even want to hear about it. It was kind of like, wow, maybe, you know, experience doesn't always translate, you know, to being informed about a particular circumstance or a particular area. Now, obviously being informed and experienced you know that's great and experience also allows you to be informed but um just because there's a number for how many years somebody's been practicing doesn't mean that they're actually more educated about the practice so that's that's something you bring up and and i agree with that yeah what what do you like and we're we're getting here to the end um so uh but what would you say is the thing you like best uh what you enjoy doing the most in your profession i i just feel like allowing people that peace of mind giving them that that comfort like okay you know either 
we planned, we, we, we got it taken care of. At least we put it on paper for our family members. You know what I mean? And also on the probate aspect of things was, okay, now they're going through a difficult time, right? Somebody passed away or somebody's incapacitated. It's a very sensitive and, and difficult time. And my job is to say, okay, you know what I mean? Allow me to at least give them some sort of um, ease throughout, you know, their grieving process and allow me to handle something that takes a weight off their shoulders as well, too. So that peace of mind from the estate planning or probate realm of, of um, allowing me to at least make a situation that's difficult a little less for them is is what I enjoy doing. Okay. Um, Hamid, is there anything that you'd like to bring up that I failed to ask you? Oh, okay. Terry, you're, you're the best, man. <laughs> well, thank you, sir. Of course. Thank you. <laughs> Well, uh, that that brings us to the uh, uh, close to the end of our podcast here. So, you know, I just want to thank everybody for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed this this particular segment, this uh, this show. Um, this has been Legacy Leaders Podcast. I'm your guest host, Terry Dupont. My guest today has been Hamid Dakrab. Hope I pronounced it right. Or I'm getting close. close. It's good. It's good. It's good. State uh, planning attorney uh, and. Uh, wanted to you know get him introduced to everybody out there um could you uh i know the the uh your contact information uh hamid with your your website and so forth is at the bottom of the screen uh and so but would you like to you know give any you know, anybody any information how they might get a hold of you absolutely so my direct number is 313-401-4488 i practice estate planning and probate in michigan uh if you have any questions related to anything in Michigan, feel free to reach out to me at any time. My website also is going to be provided to you as well. There's a lot of pertinent and informative information as well, too. And uh, if you have any questions, just feel free to reach out. All right. Thank you, Hamid. Uh, so thank you, thanks, everybody, for joining us today. Um, and, and Hamid, thank you again for, for being on the show. Take thank care. you, Terry. This has been the Better Business, Better Life, Building on Your Success podcast. If you have questions about creating tax-free wealth and income, forward-looking tax mitigation, strategic risk mitigation, wealth preservation and legacy planning, and advanced financial management, go to DuponAdvisory.com or email Terry at DuponAdvisory.com. 49 faces looked to him in triumph. Over the last 12 months, they had each taken turns and promoted his business for a week at a time driving over $987,342 in revenue. What if you had a network of 50 centers of influence who promoted your business every week for a year? Grab your copy of the number one Amazon best-selling book, The Ultimate Guide to Growing Your Business with a Podcast, at 33% off the Amazon price by going to ultimatepodcastbook.com. Again, that website for 33% off the Amazon price is ultimatepodcastbook.com.